Carl, it just, it like, like Carl, like absolutely who the fuck are you talking about? Hi, everyone. It is Kayla, and I am here with two candidates interviewing for Emily's job. We have our producer, Miss Tara Llewellyn. Hey. I know that, like, podcasts say that they have friends of the pod. Um, we don't have friends of the pod. We have one bestie of the pod because this is, like, his third appearance, maybe fourth. Uh, anyway, welcome back, Sean. <laughs> Hello. Your favorite it's correspondent. Been, it's great. It's only been one episode since I've... It's only been one episode between my two guests, so... Your guest spots. Yeah. I mean, it's the second Emily said she was going to be out. She was like, do you think someone would cover it? And I was like, I think Sean's been waiting for this text since Matt James finale. He's been waiting. It's, I have been. And it, <laughs> it came quickly. It was great. You answered within seven seconds. No one has ever answered a text so fast. Certainly not you. Usually yeah, it's hours. <laughs> um, anyways, Emily is coming back. Um, they're not interviewing for her, <laughs> her job. I should have just left it. Um, but no, yeah, you shouldn't have told them. You should have let them go on thinking like, where's Emily? Maybe she's not coming back. Um, no, yeah, she's Adam, just on edit vacation. This out. <laughs> no, she's just on vacation. Uh, keep it in. I like to make her fearful. Um, no, she's <laughs> just on vacation. Um, which I guess is deserved. Anyway, so we are at episode two, which you know what? Until the end was a good episode. And the only reason I say that is because Tara, I don't believe that you watch Survivor, but I know that Sean and I do. And I got very into Survivor. I used Survivor. to, like, like in the early, early Survivor days. My dad and I used to watch it constantly. Okay, ex- exactly me, except I thought that it went off the air. Turns out it didn't. I got really into it over the No, it's been year. here forever. They're, they're, they're on season like 58 or something. 41. It comes 41. back in September. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not too far off. I got very into it. And you know what I think got me so into it? The satisfaction of every episode ending on a tribal council. Yeah, We are absolutely. never left to wait. No, There's- you always know who's gone. Almost always. always. There were some episodes early on when they left you on a cliffhanger. It was very few and far between, though. And then you know what? CBS took the note. Yeah, that show has smart producers. I learned that frustrates us. Yeah. I hate when The Bachelor, Bachelorette does not end with a rose ceremony. I'm like, guys, come on. But I will say this episode was very saturated. Like, I I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I kept looking at the clock and I was like... Wow, it's only 9.15. So much has happened. So much happened and yet nothing at all, which is my favorite thing about this franchise. But I do think <laughs> that, like, I understand later in the season leaving a cliffhanger and not doing a rose ceremony because then we're invested in the people and we're like, oh, like, are they going to stay or are they going to go? I literally know five people's names. Like, I'm not invested whatsoever in the rose ceremony. They could have just stuck it in at the end. I would have had not one single fuck about who who came and when like I just I hate it so much anyway that's at the end of the episode I guess we can just end it there but um (laughs) thanks so much for listening everyone see you next week subscribe on apple Podcasts. um just kidding apple podcast has been kind of trash recently so like maybe listen to us on spotify I don't know I used to be an apple girly anyways we already know that Carl is uh living up to his namesake by being the most toxic man on this show when he kicks off the episode by saying this is the Hunger Games, boys. This is a competition. He is so strategic. 
That's the one thing I wrote down about Carl. I said he's strategic and he's a professional pot stirrer. He's a kitchen aide. He is only here to do that. Yeah, speaking of Survivor, it was actually, if it's Survivor was in my notes because Carl, he was just talking too much about the numbers. He was like thinking about the other players and what they're doing. He's like thinking many... if he's going to make the merge. He's like, I just got to exactly. get to the merge and then ride he's, it out. He's, he's doing an early game merge strategy. <laughs> hoping he can ride the wave at that point. He's playing two. We're going to see his game shift episode six. I think, I think that Carl would actually do better on survivor because then it is a numbers game. Like the bachelor is not really a numbers game. She either likes you or she doesn't like, it's not that smart a game. You're wrong because it's our, it's episode two and Carl would be voted out if the men had any to say. Oh yeah, that is true. That is true. He, so his strategy is bad, but it's, but it's strategy. He's, he's um, not meant for TV. Yeah. No, <laughs> What we learned is that he's not meant for network television. But anyways, he kicks off the game by saying, this is the Hunger Games, boys. This is a competition, which if anyone listened to our coverage of Tasha's season, we frequently said that was our least favorite thing about The Bachelorette, which you do really only see on The Bachelorette and not on The Bachelor. Um, it, like women, it depends. I feel like Matt's season got so competitive. Not necessarily like Carl with a K competitive, but like they were just nasty on Matt James season. Yeah, they were nasty, but they weren't like, it's something very unique to the bachelorette where the men speak about it. Like it's a football game. Like, oh, yeah. and, yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, I mean, it, Kate got lost in the woods and she was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm lost in the woods. <laughs> and, and he probably still likes me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. If Carl with a so K got cool. lost in the woods, he would never forgive himself. <laughs> He'd be like, I got to make it up in OT. Anyways, uh, Justin says the best thing about Carl going into the first challenge, which is let's get this guy a Xanax or a muzzle. Yes, I loved that. I love Justin. This was the episode that I started to like Justin, mostly because I learned his name. Um, Yeah, that's the problem with this show is that like it's all a gamble on whether or not I learn their name. And sometimes by the time they take away the little screen grab of their name, I haven't gotten interested yet. And then I have to rewind and see what their name was. I did that with Thomas. I, I did like, that with Thomas as well. Thomas. Now, for ah. some reason, Thomas left an impression on me. Yeah. From sweetie. The first, first limo entrance. I was like, oh, I really? Know this guy's name forever. Yeah. See, nice. the thing about limo entrances for me is that I don't pay attention to any of them. I'm not going to remember 30 names, you know? I'm not going to. I, the only one I remembered, and the people that I did remember, I still didn't remember their names. I remembered the cat guy and the box guy, but I didn't know what their first names were. And the van guy. I mean, how <laughs> could you forget? <laughs> Ed Gein. <laughs> what, what was his name? No, couldn't tell you. Traveling skin salesman. Traveling. I'm skin glad salesman. that they they did they took the care to tell us in the start of this episode the box guy he's done being the box guy. <laughs> he's like they're like, and, like we know you were all worried last week we're gonna we're gonna just quickly let you know he's not the box guy anymore. They said that over like a video of him boxing, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now, that's he's, ironic. He's, I didn't he's even the boxing that. guy now. He announced that he's dropping the bit, and you know what? I respect that. He knows when the joke is no did longer he? serving him. But but did he drop the bit? He he didn't really drop the bit. The show he? won't let him. He'll go play on a fan favorite season, and it'll be all right. So we go into a date. Um, who's going to be like the greatest lover of all time? It's hosted by Heather McDonald. This is a sidebar. But did anybody used to watch the show Chelsea lately? Mm-mm. I did not. Okay, so Chelsea Lately was a show on E! And it was hosted by Chelsea Handler. And she would have a panel of three judges every episode. And they would just comment on pop culture. But so many famous comedians, like their first gig was Chelsea Lately. And 
my mom like weirdly let me watch this show when I was far too young to watch it. But I remember like worshiping Heather McDonald when I was like 12 years old. Um, and she's still so fucking cool. So whatever. But the date is hosted by Heather McDonald who hosts juicy scoop podcast, which is basically a sex podcast to my knowledge. Um, so that tracks. Yep. So it's hosted by her and basically we all know that Katie's a very sex positive person. It's been a, we saw it and B it's been said, approximately 25 times and we're only on episode two i know is that an identity (laughs) you know it's funny i I was talking about it as one till last week no me either i was talking to my friend ellen about it and she was like what why why do we have to say she's sex positive like what is that like a personality trait like i i I appreciate her being very upfront about the fact that she's very open about her sexuality i think that's amazing especially because there are people who come onto the show and we'll obviously get into it in a little bit who are virgins or where that is something that is like very prominent and important to their personality. But I never really thought that we had to be like, Oh, I'm sex positive. Well, I think if you notice, we haven't heard Katie say it that much. I think it's much like every other stick on this show. Like Ben Higgins said he was unlovable one time and the show was like Ben Higgins, the unlovable bachelor. And yeah. like, and like Colton said he was a virgin. Being a virgin. Yeah. And, 100%. And they're like, and then that became be his entire forever. brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that Katie like has probably talked about it a few times and, and now it's her entire personality, but I don't think totally. that's the fault of Katie. I think it's the fault of the show. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's, it always is. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So I got to say, we got to kick it off. Cat guy, Connor. Um, the song was so cute. It was so funny. I loved it. Um, it was the perfect mix of like raunchy, what the date was about. And also just like funny and cute. And he was definitely a standout, but the entire time. I love him. Yeah. I love him. He's, he's amazing. He made an impression uh, on me, like out the gate limo at entrance, like Thomas did for you. Emily and I were not fans uh, last week. We thought the furry bit was a little bit off, but at the well, it was definitely a lot. It was definitely much. But I will say that he is someone who I think is pivoting out of his night one entrance well. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw this. I sent it, I knew it to Tara and Emily, but Sean, I don't know if you saw this. His mom made an Instagram post that like E! News like picked up or whatever and posted And she was like, I'm so proud of my son for going on The Bachelor. And I'm even more proud that every day of filming, he wore his uh, trans pride flag bracelet on his ankle to represent his sister and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, I'm not saying that white cisgendered men should be rewarded for like being allies because that should just be the way that people are. But at the same time, I just feel like watching this show so often if we hear news about a contestant while the season is airing it is because they've liked some homophobic, transphobic, racist, something. And so I was just like, Oh, like that's a bright spot to come out about a contestant while the season is airing. That's exciting. I think think the spin should be that he didn't do enough on his ankle. I want a necklace. Get a necklace, Connor. (laughs) Get that. We're we're never going to see it this season. Get it tatted, right. you coward. Yeah, I want that tattooed on your freaking nipples. All right, we're going to see your nipples playing. <laughs> they show the contestants' nipples often. They don't show their ankles often. Not a so. lot of ankle. So Connor should have known that if he really wants to rep, an anklet is not the way. Coward. Anyways, I thought he's it was a, sweet. He's a coward. I thought it was sweet because often when the season is airing, we hear a lot of problematic things about contestants. And I was like, this is a good indicator that he and Katie probably share a lot of similar belief systems and values. 
Um, so I thought that was a bright spot. Anyways, um, I felt at first when Mike was getting so uncomfortable about the context of the date, I was like, Oh God, Oh God. And I don't mean that in the sense that it's bad that he's a virgin. I would never say that that's everybody's choice, but there's a difference between being a virgin and just being blatantly uncomfortable at the idea of sexuality. And I thought that was the route we were taking. And I was like, okay, like they're not going to be compatible. Like not because he's a virgin, but because the idea of sex makes him so viscerally uncomfortable. But then I kind of pivoted a little bit when he did his little speech with her. I was like, okay, like, okay. It's not that he's just blatantly uncomfortable with sexuality. It's just that he's choosing to save himself. But I thought we were going down a different path and I was Yeah. The way they set that up was really like, it could have gone either way. But at first I was like, at first I wrote, I feel sad for him, but also you knew what kind of person she was in regards to her relationship with sex when you decided to come on the show we're not right. talking you know about a maddie pruitt we're talking about someone who's been very who literally brought a vibrator out the gate you know yeah. out the limo so it's like what were you expecting but it sounds like what he's expecting is not like you need to save yourself for me right right because That's obviously the path that wasn't i thought we happen. were heading down yeah same um, but I did feel for him. He looked so emotional. Um, but I think they took it into like a really good direction. Yeah, I think it was a it was a much better version of that than like Luke Parker from Hannah uh, Hannah Brown yeah. season, obviously. How dare you speak his name on this podcast? There was <laughs> there were a lot of Luke Parker moments tonight between that guy, Carl. Like there were moments where I was like holding my breath and I was like, God, this is I have like PTSD. Luke Parker while he made the season so chaotic he was what made the season so watchable and like i feel bad for everything he put hannah through but like really nothing about that season would have been that interesting if luke parker had not catalyzed so much shit absolutely Um, anyways i digress uh his speech was really cute obviously she was into it she gave him the award fine um and then (sighs) carl (laughs) yeah there's gonna be a lot of that tonight He's just like every like frat guy after two, four locos at a party, you know, like Carl was going eight loco at the, at the comedy night. It just, the jokes weren't funny. She, and he was was like, she was feeling it. It was cringy to watch. (laughs) What? Yeah. He said, suffocate. Like, are you okay? (laughs) But he talked about it for way too long afterwards. (laughs) He really, he really tried to like make make it like his his like sixth bit of the event <laughs> was about suffocating. it was horrible oh it he was, was really like god do you remember like how the because the show does like make its own um weird one-liners that aren't that funny into like bits like champagne gate at peter weber's season they were like champagne mm-hmm. gate, champagne gate. like he was like trying to make it into like an a bachelor instagram post and i was like yeah mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> it's too it's too much and then something we're talking that, about it though. We are he talking about it. He, so he did. He got us. He hooked us. Um, so then Thomas, the last person I wrote about from the group date, it was a connection I didn't really see that she had for a while. Um, but she very clearly did. And then um she gives him the group date rose. And I thought it was great. I thought their conversation was really refreshing. I kind of like when we start to see some of those like um less prominent connections start to show through because I think like sometimes when we watch the first episode we're like 
okay, and Greg wins. Like, Greg wins and Cat Guy is the runner-up. Like, that's that's the end. Yeah, I love um, a good sneak attack with someone I, who, like, I didn't see him coming. Yeah, like, lest we forget that, like, Becca Kufrin didn't know Jason Tardick's name until, like, the seventh date. So... <laughs> That's right. I forgot. She about literally that. called him the wrong name at a group date, and he was like, "I'm Jason." <laughs> I haven't watched Becca's season, admittedly. I, people say it's a boring one. I think it's a good one, but Thomas was great. I thought he had a really nice time with Katie, but he also he gave me the vibes of a guy like he's super attractive, obviously, but he acts about the kind of guy who wasn't super attractive until like he like lived a little bit first. You know, he definitely mm-hmm. like he just seems he seems nice enough to not have always been that attractive. Yeah. Um, right. I also noticed that have a, the Carl and Thomas rivalry is was started. You notice that on the, um, I think Carl like mentioned during the late portion of the date, or maybe during the, the the main event that like Thomas beat him at the race earlier. And I noticed that Thomas did get he got the hug. He got the. I noted the, that the group, too. The they were like hug. racing to get the group date hug, the jump hug. I was like, guys, come on. It's so early on. Carl brought it up like way later. Really? <laughs> I didn't catch that. But I did catch that they were like racing to get there. And I was like, please settle I down. I actually think that this podcast should be hosted by Sean and Tara moving forward. And Emily and I should both be out of a job because I didn't notice any of that. <laughs> Literally none. <laughs> I wrote down none of it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I was like trying to contribute. And then I was like, oh, I didn't notice any of it. That's good. Um, but then we find out um, after Thomas gets the group date rose, we move to the first one-on-one, which is going to Greg, which um if you've watched the show for any more than one season, you will know that it is very rare for the person who gets the first impression rose to also get the first group date rose. This, I mean, logically, this is the thing that makes the most sense. It's the person you're the most interested in. So you want to date with them like from point A to point B, it makes sense. But if you've watched the show long enough, you're like, wait, but you're supposed to torture the, the first impression rose person until like the ninth one-on-one date and make them feel like they're going home. And if you're Abby from Matt season, you are just about to say that (laughs) I was literally just about to say that because you literally forget about that poor girl. He did. Matt James was a good Matt, but like no Matt is a good Matt. You know, that beard. Come on. I'm over it. Um, Never want to talk about him again. (laughs) I just no. But I, I agree. It, who is, I don't remember who said it, but they were, they said something about like the rich just keep getting richer. And that's like, yeah sort of what it feels like because she and Greg, and obviously we see it in their one-on-one have such a great connection that, you know, and she said this later in the episode to Michael, she's like, I felt a good connection with you. So I didn't feel like I needed like extra time with you, but she clearly wanted that extra time with Greg. I mean, they're adorable. Their connection is really strong. They give me Tasha Zach vibes. Yeah. And they also give me Tasha Zach vibes, but The thing that was confusing to me about it, and we'll get into it as we get more into the date, but the thing that was confusing to me about it is when Katie opens up to him about her dad, he made no attempt to comfort her. And, and before thank you, I thought the same thing. I thought I was being like super insensitive. I was like, or judgmental rather. I was like, could you like maybe put your arm around her and be like, right there, there. And I don't like when people are too comforting to the point where it's like, you're using it as a flirtation mechanism, but like, yeah. 
But like something like a handhold. But then it, yes. it made more sense when we go to the dinner portion and we learn that he was kind of processing his own his own trauma. But we'll get to that. Yeah, so, absolutely. But I wrote the same thing down. I said my only criticism is that I feel like Greg was super uncomfortable and awkward during the part where Katie was talking about her dad. But go, kind of going back to the beginning of the day, uh, we got our once a season off-roading date. These like low budget, they have to stay at the resort things like like it's like there's always a pool party there's always some off-roading there's always a hot tub well that I mean they could be anywhere in the world and they would put a hot tub in the middle of the field if the city of Paris would let them put a hot tub directly in front of the Eiffel Tower they would do it like they Absolutely. just they just want them in bathing suits yeah uh, we have we have a Messina pool but they are they're freezing though you can tell they're freezing wherever they are yeah you so can it's tell not they're really cold yeah cool well, weather I think it shot in like February I mean, it shot after yeah. Matt's season aired, so it must have been, like, March. It was March, not warm. Yeah. yeah, and you can tell they're freezing, which must be, like, killing production that they can't do a pool party. They're going to have to heat the pool to, like, 200 degrees before they can do one. <laughs> they're like, we don't have the budget to heat it past 80. So, yeah, we did the off-roading, which leads me to if anyone takes me camping on a date. It, uh, my part- thank God Greg was like, I love to fish. I was like, good for you. <laughs> If my partner of two years said to me it would mean a lot to me if we went camping, I still wouldn't go. <laughs> like what? I just, Amen. <laughs> oh my god! Like I feel like Sean probably camps. Sean, do you camp? Only with uh, M's family. That's what I was gonna say. I don't so, think yeah. you are a camper. I think Emily I is a camper, and you just, just, a, just support great, it. Just a great partner. Yeah, see, Sean goes, I flat out just said that I wouldn't. So no. there are two types of people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just what The Bachelor calls. The greatest lover of all time. <laughs> He's won the trophy in the past. I can't wait for... I have, I have the biggest buckle. <laughs> I can't wait for your mom to listen to this episode. It's going to be so good. Um, so we are doing the off-roading and, oh, I wrote that Greg didn't really comfort her, which I, I thought was odd definitely until we saw the dinner portion. Yeah, and then we realized that Katie had clearly struck a chord with him by talking about her experience with her own dad, which was eerily similar to his experience losing his own father. And so therefore Katie talking about it probably just brought out some feelings, which is understandable. Yeah, I just feel like energy is everything. And he was like, you know, you can talk to me about that kind of stuff, but it didn't feel like she could, you know what I mean? It felt yeah. like she couldn't. But what I appreciate about Greg is I think when they went to the dinner portion, I think he rallied and was like, okay, I got to talk to her about this. And it very much felt like he course corrected. Um, yeah. De- oh, definitely. And definitely. Like, he was very shut down when she was talking to him and then he realized that and then proceeded to open up. So I think he, in terms of the Bachelor playbook, I think he course corrected. Oh, 100%. I literally, after that, wrote, dang, what a date. Like, right. he right. definitely brought it home. They're did great. Greg, did he say when his dad died? I think two years the last ago. few years. Yeah, so definitely yeah. later than Katie's Very recently, did. yeah. And something I like about Katie a lot, we've talked about the relatability of Katie, but what I really like about Katie is Katie is definitely very aware that she's on national television, but in a good way. Like when Greg is starting to cry and is getting very uncomfortable, she like looks at him and you can tell she's not saying it for the purposes of a camera. She's just like, you're fine. It's okay. Like, like I feel she's like- She's so down to earth. She's a down bitch as someone I know likes to say. I actually- did not give her the down bitch award of the episode. I'll get to who I give the down bitch award of the episode to. It's actually not Katie, but 
She was a, an honorable mention. <laughs> I just mean like generally she's a down. Oh bitch. yeah. Generally. Yes. Generally. Yes. So yeah, Greg, great date. Loved it. Great. Def- he's definitely top four. Like we know oh, it right now. Yeah. Yeah. If he do- big fan. If- Undoubtedly. If he doesn't win, he's at least top four, probably fantasy suites. Cause why not? You know, <laughs> another guy who also was not that attractive until later in life. I think. I mean, yeah. Real, I can totally I see that. I think he's still growing into it. Right. Yeah, I think he definitely. was probably a band guy. If I had to make a guess. Yeah, he, def- he was a, he was a percussionist. <laughs> Maybe the trumpet. I was going to say a trombone, but I'm glad that we were on the same page. Yeah. We were all in like a horn yeah in the yeah. realm of the horns yeah. <laughs> yeah i think trumpet or percussion all right well we'll ask him uh anyway so, <laughs> so then we go into the second group date of the episode which is a mud wrestling date again we got so many dates this episode that are just like they have to happen every season like it's okay it's the season's wrestling date like that's exciting yeah at least this one was funny. Like, I feel like sometimes they're way too fucking serious and not funny. And we saw the last match get a little bit intense, but even then, like, but not there was even no that injuries. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they were talking about, oh, like there's clearly a vibe here. I mean, I wasn't there, but I didn't feel that, you know, like it didn't feel yeah. any differently than the other three, you know, pairs of men that went before them. Yeah. Like on, uh, whoever the fuck season probably peter i don't know um or no not peter uh, maybe it was when they wrestled for claire Tasha, who whoever um the, that, there was that one like very aggro man that was like i'm gonna destroy him and i'm like you're on the bachelor dude like, i know i, know. I like, know there's always one no it definitely wasn't Tasha season because ed left ed abandoned hey the project friend of the pod ed um <laughs> emily's future boyfriend ed be nice. But one of my favorite moments is, um, I think Katie and they're all very attractive men and I hate to like define masculinity, but I think Katie season does have a lot of not typically like quote unquote masculine men. Um, in the sense that like, there's very few of them that have gotten up there and been like, yeah, I played football for 17 years. Like they're all like teachers and like, they're, they're all just kind of like gentler men and they're very mild mannered men. Yes. Yeah. And I one agree. of my favorite moments is when two of them are wrestling and they like pinned once and they thought they were done. And then they were like, wait, keep going. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought it was John, just John, very cute. John really was ready. He was hoping he was done. <laughs> yeah. He, John is so sweet. I know that I, John actually is a standout for me. He's someone whose name I actually did learn. I don't know what it yeah. is about John. There's something very earnest about John. Very earnest. Yes. Um, and he hasn't said very much, but there's just like an energy that comes off of him. That's very like grounding. Like I think yeah. he's a very like solid presence. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they were talking those. about him. Yeah. And that like, in like a very kind way, the, the men were like, oh, he's, he's a sweet man. Yeah. Bless his he heart. He doesn't deserve this. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's true though that this is a definitely a less you know typically masculine cast. I just think it speaks so much to Katie in general. It's so interesting, like her her like sex positivity doesn't necessarily translate itself to like hypersexuality, which I think could be like could come back to like the typical gender norms as like hypersexualized or something. Um, I just feel like she's like this more well-rounded in what she's looking for 
and how she's going yeah. about the process. Well, you yeah, and you tell- could tell by the way that she reacted to Mike and like everything that he had to say that that she is looking for someone who's super well-rounded because if it just had to do with, you know, the sexual side of things, then he would have gone home. Right. Yes, and the, the same way you, you were saying how, you know, even though Mike's a virgin, he's not necessarily like grossed out by the thought of sex. Yeah. Like on the, the entire, like the flip side, even though Katie is like very like vocally sex positive, it's not like, it's she's, not that he's not, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. the hypersexual, like masculine man, manly ish men really, uh, showed through when Heather McDonald asked them to write down their favorite sex position. Cause they all wrote missionary. So they really, they had themselves stand out that's not, right that's away. That's not true. Courtney with the Q, I believe wrote down reverse cowgirl. He did. Yes, he did. Courtney, Courtney with a Q wanted us to know he read a Cosmo article before coming on the show. <laughs> That's what he wanted us to know. And, and also, I took the note. Also, also, Carl with a K wrote doggy style. So I was going to say somebody wrote doggy style. I'm pretty sure it was Carl with a K. <laughs> Sean was like, this is what I took notes on. I wrote down no, all of is, their favorite no, sex positions. No, I, no, that one just stuck with me. There's no okay. notes on that. Well, because it wasn't missionary. Everybody else was like missionary except for Mike, who wrote a question mark, understandably. And... So the two that were not missionary really stood out. Imagine Mike pulled out some like really fucking weird shit. He's trying to he's trying to overcompensate, (laughs) and we're all like, "Whoa, whoa!" (laughs) Um, So uh, then we learn that Aaron and Cody know each other from home. Um, Thank God, because the last episode it was so out of left field. (laughs) Emily and I, I think that's the point where we were actually crying. We were laughing so hard because it would That was the point in the episode where I started to laugh out loud because I love that you were like, I don't like you. I've never never liked liked you. you. It's like, how long have you been here? It makes much more sense. In their defense, even if they had just met, they were all on the premises before filming for two weeks. Granted, yeah, they were quarantined. Didn't they have to quarantine? Granted, they were quarantined, but maybe there would have been yeah. some dynamic there, but there wasn't. They knew each other from home. Oh, it makes much more sense. We, we all had a feeling they knew each other from home, but like that context would have been great beforehand. <laughs> or just don't, like don't, don't put that clip in there. I guess that clip is too good not to include. But then yeah. like get, get, get an ITM <laughs> in the episode. Don't save it for the next week. Right, right. I just, yeah. I want it like... I want it like tattooed on me. I don't like you. I've never liked you. We don't have to talk and it's not my fault. I don't like you. That confusion would have never happened on Survivor. Survivor, they would have had six ITMs of every single castaway explaining how the situation pertained to their own gameplay. Well, that's the most interesting part is that there's seemingly no footage of them like having any beef outside of that. So I think that's why they put that random clip in because it just out of context made no sense, but they didn't have anything else to use. And then I thought to me says that maybe they like stayed away from each other for the most part. Yeah. And then I thought something Katie did was really smart. And I think it was a product of the fact that she was in a situation like this on Matt's season where she ended up having to be a rat just to get a situation out there. Like Katie spotted that shit right away. She approached Aaron and was like, what's going on? Like she did not wait for Aaron to come to her. She did not wait for anybody to start to gossip. Like she went straight to the source and was like, tell me what's going on. 
And Aaron told her, and I actually thought Aaron handled it very gracefully. He, he, I completely agree. I wrote down, he said his piece poised and delicate. Like he was just put it out there. He said his piece, he got his point across, but he also said at one point, like, I don't think he's a piece of shit. I just don't think he's the right guy for you and to be on the show. And I thought he handled it really, really delicately. His mom definitely watches this show and told him in the face of conflict, be neutral. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think that that goes, that goes to show for me when I see situations like that, even in life, not just on this franchise, when people are that even killed like that, not in a careless way, but in like, just an like energy type way. Yeah. They're usually telling the truth. That's why on the flip, when you saw Cody, there's just, I just knew I didn't trust him. I don't know if it was the things Aaron said or his just his really overall being. thinly tweezed eyebrows. Mm-hmm. They're the, one of the two. Maybe he got a bad edit, but I think it was the brows. I I don't know if you guys noticed this as well, but it felt like a very manufactured plot line. Um, the Aaron and Cody stuff, only in the sense that if this were a legitimate plot line, it would have been dragged out for three episodes by production. Yeah. It just felt a little bit filler. And I don't know why, because I I believe Aaron, but also if Cody were actually that problematic, production would have made Katie keep her or keep him for like four episodes. Um, well, yeah. I think I think I think it I think it played itself out week two. Yeah, like the entire thing ran its course just within week two, so they had to backtrack and give us like something in week one just to make it like have length as a plot line. Yeah. But they just didn't have the footage from week one. So it was really weird. What's actually yeah. crazy is that we're going to get to uh, the men tell all, and we're not even going to remember this situation. <laughs> They're going to be and like, it's going to get, it's going to get 20 minutes. Of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a huge ordeal. If Chris Harrison were here, but it's going to depend on who hosts the men tell all because very true. Emmanuel very true. Ocho would not waste his breath on this shit. <laughs> like no, absolutely say. not. He'll be like, what's your name? All right. We saw you for 10 seconds. What's going on? Um, yeah. so, going back to last week real quickly with the Aaron Kelly thing. When, so without the context of this week, who, who did you think looked better last week? Cody. Cody looked better last week because Aaron yeah. was the one like, I don't like you. Wait, wait, let me refresh you. Let me refresh you on what he said. What did did Aaron say to Cody? In case you guys have missed it. um, What Aaron said was direct quote. I don't like you. I've never liked you. We don't have to talk. And it's not my fault that I don't like you. So that's actually Aaron. Aaron got that from Emily. Do you guys know that? (laughs) Robin? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it said it before. I've heard her say that to a stranger on the street of Manhattan. <laughs> um, it's fine. Yeah, no, I it, I did cut actually that, cut that out. Cut that out. She's gonna she's gonna come for me. <laughs> it's too good. Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> Aaron got that from Emily. Um, so yes, I did think after the altercation last week that it was actually Cody that looked good because it seemed like Aaron was antagonizing a situation. But that being said, because we didn't really get any footage of it. Now that we know Aaron a little bit better, I have a feeling it was probably Cody that instigated the initial conversation, or we'll all be surprised a few episodes from now and Aaron's also a douche. So he could be. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely is douche potential, but he, he seems to be pretty okay now. 
Right. So it, I will, it's one of two things, either Cody instigated it and we just didn't get that footage or Aaron is also a douche. Neither situation would shock me, but she does dismiss Cody, which I like. We always like to see that. Um, yeah. The men are more, I think, I think the female leads are more decisive about stuff like that than the men. Um, especially I, if they're in their thirties, especially if they're in their thirties because they're, it's so, it's so refreshing. It's there when they're not 23 year old Hannah Brown. And I love Hannah Brown. Like that's, this is a, this is a Hannah Brown same yeah. love chilled podcast, but she was 23 100%. years old and it showed totally. Um, versus like Katie as chaotic as she was Claire, Tasha, like they look at a man and they're like, not for me. And then they're gone. Yep. And, yeah. and it's very refreshing. Um, and then, you know I, what I, you know, the naive, the naivete came out a little bit when she was like the fact that someone could be here for the wrong reasons. I'm like, baby girl, <laughs> there's at least one every like what? That's also, people who are pillars of this franchise, like, Caitlin Bristow, like all, like Caitlin, who's literally now hosting the show, like have come out and said that they went on their respective seasons for Instagram followers and for attention. Like Caitlin Bristow literally said on her podcast, well, it wasn't Instagram at the time because she was on the show earlier, but she was like, yeah, I went on the show for brand deals and I thought it would be a cheap way to fly around the world for free. Like the, there are so many people who do that. Right. And then they're open to finding love and finding relationships. Yes. And that's great. But you would be an idiot to go on this show being like, um, I got a one out of 30 shot, but I just know in my gut it's mine. Like, no, like that would be so stupid. So it's like, yeah, the wrong. Everybody's there in some capacity for a shot. For the notoriety. Then yes, 100%. Yeah. So that's why I thought that it was a little naive of her to be like the fact that someone could be here for the wrong reasons. I'm like, uh, Katie, you're a smart girl. <laughs> Everyone on. is on this show for the chance to DJ at a dive bar in Denver. Okay, that's why they're all here that's for a chance to do to go shot for shot with Kayla Murphy at I'm a dive for, bar. Looking for guest DJ spots. Okay, that's all they want <laughs> at the Grizzly Rose in downtown Denver. Um, deep cut. So I was gonna say, wow, no, literally. Every B-list Bachelor contestant, A, decides to be a DJ, and B, goes on to DJ at the Grizzly Rose in Denver. I see it on my feed at least 10 times a year. I've never been to the Grizzly Rose in Denver, but I know it's where Bachelor contestants go to DJ. I'm so thrilled that Cody went home. Or I, don't, I didn't care who. I'm glad one of them went home. Yeah, we didn't need it. episode arc of yeah, Of nothing. Well, then she has to do like a 201. Yeah. Noah was exactly was what I thought about. Too early. Um, yeah. And I thought Katie said one of the best things that I've heard a contestant say when they're ending something prematurely with someone else. And she says, I appreciate your time, but I need to respect my own time as well. Um, yeah. Which I thought was like a very articulate uh, way of just saying that she's not that into him. Um, but in a yeah. way that, it, that is, is true. Like, I'm not going to waste your time and I'm not going to waste mine. Like, go home. And I thought that it was great. It's not my take, but it's somebody who I was watching with said this, that um, she's like, we just, I don't think we don't have trust. And it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't even personal. It wasn't even about like the Aaron Cody thing. It was just like, we're not in a place like nothing can start now because of what's happened. And it's just too early to really care about that. So you can go. 
Yeah. Um, if the very first interaction you have with someone is that you don't trust them, like where yeah, do you go then, from there? Yeah. yeah, 100%. No, it was way too early on. They didn't have any baseline for a relationship yet. So yeah. it's like she had no reason to even consider keeping him on. If it starts night one, it like it's like a slow burn until it becomes like, you know, a full flame. Yeah. But if it's this early on, it just doesn't even need, if she doesn't have any type of connection with him, she clearly already has like some little connection with Aaron, even though it is early on. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, we'll get to Aaron in a second, but, um, Andrew S this is where we talk about him. Can we talk? I would love nothing more than to talk about him. Sweet King. He was not a standout to me at first, but their conversation was so genuine And so what I love about Katie's season so far, and I'm sure we'll get some wilder ones, but the things Greg has talked about, the things that Andrew S. is talking about, they're not wild, crazy things that don't happen to people. Greg lost a parent. Like, that's hard. That sucks. Like, Andrew S. is talking about growing up poor. And that's hard and that sucks. And it's like, I just feel like they're more universally relatable problems that are being discussed. And Emily and I kind of used to make fun of the show a little bit when we would recap it for some of the more ridiculous things that come out because contestants come on the show and they have to tell the wildest, craziest fucking story ever. And like the majority of people don't experience that, you know, and not that those stories don't deserve to be told. They do. But when you have like Nick Vile season where 10 of the girls had the craziest stories you've ever heard. It was just like, what, where did they find all of them at once? Yeah. This Um, is just the season with the most ludicrous job descriptions. Yeah. I've never met another skin salesman or a zipper sales manager, but goodbye, Cody. Both gone. Both gone. You got to have a real job for Katie. (laughs) You have to be an entrepreneur for Katie. You got to be a motivational speaker for Katie. The worst motivational speaker. Um, um, I got to tell you, I don't know how I feel about Andrew S. right now. I, okay. I didn't, out the gate, when he came out with the fake British accent, I was like, a um, little much. Why? Like, what was the point? It was very. Why, why, does, why does anybody do anything on night one? I know, but it was just like the carriage and the, just the accent. It just, I don't know if that's what it was, but I was like, I See, that's less egregious to me. That's less egregious no, no, to me than the cat suit. No, <laughs> absolutely. Like, it, can I tell you what really like set me off about it tonight? What? He went over to her after she got really upset and was like, listen, I sent Cody home. She went outside. She's like, I need a minute to myself. He came out and his exact words were, I wanted to be the first one to come check on you. Yeah. And that really bothered me. Did you want to be the first one or did you want to be, did you want to come check on her? Like that, like, I know that it's small, but for me, I was like, I already didn't trust you. And then you said that. And I'm like, yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I don't think the accent thing rubbed me the way that it rubbed you, but I do understand the, the feeling of like, okay, so we're starting it off on you kind of lying, even though it's like a small, weird little jokey lie. Like it's still a lie. It was a super harmless lie. But I was just like, what, like, what was that? Right. Like, right. That like, was why? like, that yeah. told me absolutely nothing about you. Right. Other than that, you didn't go to theater school and don't know how to do a British accent. Yeah. Cause it was pretty rough. Yeah. Sean, what's um, your take? What say you, Sean, on Andrew S.? I like him. I like Andrew S. I think the, uh, he was memorable. He was, uh, the con- I think it was, 
I wasn't bothered. I, I found like the, um, I found it to be authentic. You know, if it's a off-putting, maybe. And I don't think, I don't think I think it was, but I think it was like this like weird sense of humor, like is yeah who he is. And I think that actually did show through more than other, more than other entrances. Um, and cause I think even, I just, I don't know. I, I think it, it gave me a good sense and good vibes. Yeah. I, I, I might just I be a genuine guy that like tries too hard, like tries just like a little too hard. I think his humor is not landing. Um, Maybe. I don't yeah. dislike him. I just don't know how I feel about him yet. That's yeah. it. That's literally it. I'm like, I, mm, I, there's just something about you that I just don't know how I feel yet. And that might change. I thought their conversation though about childhood was very, um, taking the context of him out of it. I thought it was very sweet, especially cause that is a situation that a lot of people experience, like trying to act like you're not poor when you're in elementary school. And like, I mean, just kind of like, I feel like so many people come on this show who either have kind of created lives for themselves that are successful, or we have contestants. I mean, like we have, we have Kit, who's the daughter of a very famous fashion designer and is very clearly very wealthy. Um, Right. And then you have Katie who, yeah, she went on the show, but she lives in a very average apartment. Like she's a very average person. We learned tonight that she didn't grow up with a lot of money. And I feel like money, as far as many things that are now being talked about The Bachelor that are great, we actually don't hear people talk about money a lot on the show um, and their financial situations or their upbringings or anything like that. But it does shape you. I mean, the way that you grew up and those kinds of things and your experiences with your family and the the shyness of like not wanting your friends to come over after school because you don't live in a nice house and like that kind of stuff like that really does shape you in a lot of ways and I thought that it's one of those experiences that I feel like unless you've been through it you don't understand it um and I I liked that they kind of found that little point to connect over and kind of bond over like like when she was talking about Christmas and her dad building like a construction paper fireplace and all this stuff. Like, I feel like it's, it's one of those situations that kind of like the grief conversation about parents, like until you've lost, unless you've lost a parent at a young age, like you don't understand why Katie's dad died 15, 16 years ago. And it still hurts her. Like it happened yesterday. You know, if you don't have that experience, I think it's hard to relate to. So I like that they found that little point to talk about. I like Andrew. I think he's cute. No, he's definitely cute. And like my opinion might change. I just, there's something about him that I just quite get, I can't get fully on board yet. Like I have one foot on. I zoned out for any conversation that happened with Hunter. All I know is that at the end, she thanked Hunter, Andrew, and Aaron maybe for opening up. Yeah. And Hunter Hunter is weird. Hunter is a weird dude. Hunter is weird. He, he, He wrote her a letter. And then made her read it out loud in front of him, which I believe <laughs> defeats the purpose. I just think it was, it was a big waste of his time. It was a big waste of her time. It was for sure a, a big waste of our time. <laughs> it was for sure a big waste of paper. We've gone digital. It's 2021. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Like I said, Sean's maybe interviewing for my job because I, I just didn't even notice. And then at the end, she thanked all of them. And I simply didn't have the wherewithal to rewind. I was like, nah, he did something. No, no it wasn't. There's not a wasn't single thing of note happened with Hunter. Yeah. He popped up, okay. pop up a lot this episode. He did, yeah. Any impact. No impact. <laughs> he's he's like Ed. He's Ed like made Ed. a huge Ed made a huge impact. 
on Sean. On Sean and Emily. Ed, if you're listening. (laughs) And if you're listening, we, yeah. No, it's not. It's it's Ed. Since you're listening. (laughs) Not Ed. Right. Um, so Andrew gets the group date rose and then we go into the last chunk of the episode, which is the rose ceremony. Katie looks sickening, oh, the dress, stunning. the hair, the jewelry, this everything. I love the, the bachelorette. Look. The dress was controversial in my, in my home. Really? Yeah. I had no thoughts on it. Cause I, somebody, there were, there was, there is like, I guess there was a long sleeve and then no sleeve, which yep. people thought was weird. Yeah. I like it. It can be. Oh my god! I thought it was gorge. Yeah, Kate. Katie can. I mean, I, Katie's perfect. Yeah, she's she's perfect, she's perfect. Perfect human. Perfect bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. I I love her. This is a Katie love podcast. So if you're one of the people like trolling Katie online, you're not but, gonna um, like the rest of our coverage of this during season. Ari during Ari season at the end of Ari season. I Deep was cut. like, I re- I really want <laughs> Kendall to be the next bachelorette. Very similar just, people. Like, Three years later, I'm getting what I wanted from Kendall in yeah. Katie. Yeah, that's true. Except Kendall, we would have gotten some taxidermy, which would have been exciting. It's true. It's true. You can't win them all. So she looks great. And what I liked about this is that she she says to the group, um, please know that I am a safe space and I deserve to be told, like, if if they know about anything that's going on. And I thought the way yeah, that she... Yeah, I love she, that too. I thought that I she... I was like, got it, we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Carl was like, so she wants me to make up shit to talk to her about. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I love the way that she said that because I think it did shape her experience on Matt's season that she had to be the person to talk to the lead about something and she didn't necessarily feel safe in doing that. Um, not because of Matt, but because of the other women in the house and Matt not really defending her to the other women in the house. So I think she's making it very clear that if anybody knows anything that she she wants to be spoken to about it, which I think is great. So you know what I, I also loved is that she pulled Michael first, knowing that they didn't yes. get time together. I, yeah. I think that's so admirable because a lot of leads don't do that. Knowing yeah. that they didn't get time with someone, they'll sort of let them like flail and be like, oh man, I didn't like get any time yeah. this week. And she pulled him and I thought that was really, really notably special. Yeah. And I think, yes, I think that Katie, I think an old joke that Emily and I made on the show was like, if you don't get a date and she's like, just cause you didn't get a date doesn't mean you're not going home. It's like the theater thing where in high school, where it's like, if you didn't get a call back, it doesn't mean you're not cast, but it like, and they're right. Yeah. You're, you're not not cast. You're just in the ensemble. Like it's fine. Yeah. But uh, like I, Katie kind of disproved our old joke about that. Like she did make it a point to, to pull him and give him time and all that kind of stuff and reassure him that she's still interested which you're right, was notably different. Then we get, and in the moment of Katie saying, tonight is so great. I'm having so much fun. I don't know how tonight could possibly get ruined. Enter Carl. This is crazy. This entire, (laughs) this episode was pretty boring for the last five minutes. Carl, so basically if you didn't watch, Carl pulls Katie and begins to tell her about how there's still guys in the house that aren't there for the right reasons. And Katie goes, okay, who? And Carl was like, well, I can't tell you that. <laughs> and Katie's like, then why are you telling me anything at all? 
Like, I don't understand. He did it the whole time. He was like, I'm not 100% sure that 100% of us here are 100% in. The second she asked for names, he said, I feel like you've been through enough and I don't want you to stress about it. After he made up a lie just to stress her out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Aren't men garbage? Just like dude, I dude, save save that for your marriage, man. Like, don't don't do it. Don't do that's not how you get her. I I just want to like bring it back to one of the absolute pillars this podcast was founded on, which is just that the majority of men are garbage. And it's like always just consistently getting so proven at like season after season. Like he literally just like makes up shit, tells her, stresses her out, then says he doesn't want to stress her out more by giving her names. So then he goes back to the guys and he's like, okay, guys, I'll be honest with you. Like I told Katie that I don't think some of you guys are here for the right reasons. And they're like, what? Carl, who? And he's like, you guys know who you are. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, they're like, but really we don't. And he's like, no, no, no. The person it is knows who it is. And they all look around at each other. Hunter looks at everybody like they're speaking Greek. He has no idea what the fuck is going on. Like, Hunter's just writing. He's like writing his letter. <laughs> he's, he's writing another letter. So now this is where I gave my down bitch award of the episode to, uh, What's his face? Aaron. 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 Yeah. And the reason I gave it to Aaron is because Katie has friend zoned Aaron. Like that just is what it is. But Aaron is riding the wave. He's fine with it. He literally like it, like Katie has two girlfriends there with her. And she chose to talk shit with Aaron. And she literally <laughs> was like, if you guys are not here for the right reasons, tell me now, Aaron, would you like to go talk to me? <laughs> right. It made all the guys think that Aaron was the guy in question. All the guys, in- including Aaron. <laughs> yes. Aaron was like, out. what's happening? Meanwhile, then, he was about to be inducted into the friend zone and he had absolutely no idea. But you know what? He was I ready for like it. He was so was. ready for it. I feel he, like Aaron and Katie. So hard. I feel like Aaron and Katie are going to be Katie and Matt. Like there's not really a romantic dynamic there, but they very clearly trust each other and they can talk to each other. And there's, yeah, they're bros. Yeah, they're bros. And, and Matt did it to Katie. Katie's doing it to Aaron. I just loved the simplicity of the fact that she had two female friends there who had been in this role and she actively chose to talk shit with Aaron instead. Like, yeah. I, it was so good. And then he goes back to the group and he's like, boys, doesn't even call them guys, boys. He, them, he laid it all out. He's like, this is what's going on. Somebody went to Katie and they all go, Carl went to Katie. Like, it was literally like out of a movie. And Aaron's like, okay. okay. And then just tells them everything Katie said. And then they get he gets into like kind of an altercation with Carl over it. And, and cause Carl still won't tell Aaron who he's allegedly talking about. Um, it was nothing just, is more comical than a man who's not here for the right reasons talking about men not being here for the right reasons. It's a total right. Luke P move, one hundred percent. But what pissed me off the most about this was Carl choosing to spin it on Katie. The guys are like, uh, they were saying they were asking him something, and he goes, "Well, Katie asked me if there's any guys here that aren't here for the right reasons." And I'm like, "Katie doesn't ask you shit because production no, dude, is making she, Katie keep you." She wouldn't ask you that. She asks Aaron for that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't need you for that. <laughs> you're, you're not her friend. Aaron is her friend. 
Yeah, it was that was what rubbed me mostly the wrong way. On top of everything yeah. else he did, the thing that made me the most mad was that he tried to be like, "Well, Katie asked me to tell her." And that's happened before in seasons in seasons past. Right. They've been like, "Well, well she asked me. She asked me." And it's like, "No, she didn't. You no, volunteered Katie, that information. Yeah. She was having a a jolly old time tonight." And, and then to be fair though, on the on the other hand, when when the lead this is my note from the Aaron Cody thing, when the lead does ask and the person answers, I hate it when then that person gets in trouble from the other guy. Yeah. Like yeah. Talking, like when it's like, well, uh, and then they never say it either. Aaron was never like, oh, well, she asked. Whenever it's like people only lie. No one's telling the truth about yeah. what happened to right. Katie. Yeah. And that happened with Cody and Aaron because Cody was like, well, she wouldn't have known that we knew each other if you had kept your mouth shut. And Aaron was like, didn't say anything about Yeah. Because he's, I, I think he's a stand up guy. I, I think so. Yeah, I think Aaron is a stand-up guy, too. Um, I just, I gave him the down bitch award of the episode because Hell yeah. he'd, he did not. As soon as you said like, it didn't go to Katie, it went to somebody else. I was like, it went to Aaron. It went to Katie's right-hand bitch. And yeah. He, and he handled it with grace, and I loved it. Anyways. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You can totally, you can really tell that Katie like doesn't know what to do with Carl like right before all of this happened like as he was talking the way she was looking at him she was like like she has no idea what what to do with him so I don't think she trusts him no she definitely doesn't he's definitely someone that production is making her keep um we see it a million times a season and that was the last note I had for the episode other than uh, my actual last note was, God, I miss Survivor. But we addressed that way earlier in the episode. So that was my last note was just about like, Carl. Like Carl is going to be the like, like I'm trying to think of other people like Luke, Luke Parker, Hannah actually he's not, had a connection with. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be a Luke P. He's going to be yeah. like a, I don't even know. Serena C. No connection, just around to cause problems for way too long. Yeah, but he's not going to look as fierce. She no, always Serena, Serena C did pull out some outfits. She uh, always looked good. Yeah, that's the thing that's boring about the Bachelorette is that the men are always just in suits. Tyler C I tried know. to make it fun with a salmon jacket, and I loved him for it. Um, well, I love oh, him yeah. for many things, but yeah, no, there. Katie's men don't seem like the type. I think we're just going to get a lot of navy suits. No. And I, you know, aside from the random unnecessary drama from tonight, I think it's a really good group. I do. Yeah, I agree. Good group of guys. I concur. I mean, they're they're all down bitches. Every one of them. (laughs) Every last one, except for Carl. Anyways, outside of that, everybody's had babies since we last recorded. There have been like 12 Who's babies. Had babies. Wait, tell me the gossip because I don't know. Anything. Literally all the Laurens. Lauren Lane had a baby, a.k.a. Lauren Bushnell. Lauren Leindyke had their twins. So many babies have been born and that's the only news. So, <laughs> Well, Nothing. also, there's another piece of news, unless you guys recorded that Chris Harrison's oh, not coming back. Oh, oh, yeah. See, this is why this that, is that why news dropped the day after. I remember I was so pissed. It was like literally like the next morning it came out. But yes, so Chris Harrison is officially not coming back. And it was announced the day after Katie's premiere. And people think that it was formally announced then because the ratings came in for the premiere. And in general, everybody loved having Taysha and Caitlin. And I think... 
Chris Harrison was waiting for people to be like, we miss Chris, bring back Chris. And it like simply didn't happen. I mean, of course, like trolls on Instagram are like, the show will never be the same without Chris. Yeah, but then I, you, I saw some of that. But And listen, it, no, it's not going to be the same. It is going to be different. It better. <laughs> it's going to be different. Yeah. And it, a lot of us are happy about that. It's literally like 45-year-old Christian moms on Instagram yeah. being like, the show won't be the same without Chris and Peter Weber. Those are the only mm. people. Peter Weber made an entire post, just adding this to the war crimes of Peter Weber. He made an entire post about how much he's going to miss Chris Harrison as if he's going to be on the show again. And then yeah. and then Might his be. mom, his mom, if, if Peter Weber shows up in paradise, cancel this podcast. I'm never recording again. I can't talk about Peter Weber for another season of anything. But Peter's then his mom, mom, now that you mentioned Peter's mom, she's... I want to. I want to live in a world <laughs> where she divorces Peter Senior just for a spot at paradise. <laughs> Sweet nums on the beach. Sweet nums on the beach. Sweet nums. Sweet nums. Something. What if she? What if she stays married and just does one of these like guest host spots? Sweet Nums commented on Peter's post and was like, he's on to bigger and better things, meaning Chris Harrison, as if The Bachelor is not the only reason why her and anyone in her family have the platform that they have. Like, yeah, he's on to bigger and better than The Bachelor. I'm like, yeah, and what is th- that? That's Sweet the only nums. reason that you are like hawking fab fit. That anybody knows Instagram who story. you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she's on times. she's on a whole nother level. As you guys know, our um opinions on Chris Harrison have really nose dived. I mean, I think we cited in one of our first episodes that he was one of the only men we trusted. Um, but like all men that we say that about, they inevitably disappoint us. And Chris Harrison, just call him Chris that. With the, Chris with the K Harrison. Chris with the K <laughs> Harrison. Um yeah, I mean, disappointing just because, I mean, imagine having a job like Chris Harrison's and finding a way to fuck it up. He makes like a bajillion dollars a year for, to travel all around, does no work. He repeats the same 10 phrases every season, like makes more money than he knows what to fucking do with. And all he had to do was not be a racist. That's literally it. That was the one thing he had to that was do. his one job. Yeah. Like, I just, I, all he had to do was not act like a racist to the one black woman in the franchise until Tasha, like, yeah, it's just like, it's also so frustrating. Emily and I have talked about this too. I don't remember if we actually talked about it on air or off, but what's also frustrating is like, there are some people that will just never get it. And it's like on his Instagram comments, people were literally commenting like, this is all Rachel Lindsay's fault. And I'm like, all Rachel Lindsay did was let him talk. She didn't cut him off. She didn't ask questions. She literally sat back with her arms folded and just let him go. And it's just, it's just amazing. The, the fan base of this show's rigidity in whiteness, like so like the show is very like white Christian rooted and it's obviously gone in a lot of different directions since then that are so positive, but the original fan base of this show is still so rooted in that like white Southern Christianity that like Rachel Lindsay literally did not say a sentence and they're like, well, it's her fault. And it's just so disheartening. And it's so upsetting for me as a a white person. So I can't even imagine how exhausting it is for people of color who watch this show yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And I think the show itself is starting to make improvements that I'm glad to see, but it's you. Well, hope- one of them is, is having him not come back. Right. But I don't know that that was his decision. I don't know that that was their decision because they, this is the other T about it. They allegedly, there was a seven figure deal to pay him off because Chris Harrison has been an executive producer on this show the entire time as well. And Chris Harrison, quote unquote, threatened to talk. So I don't know if that just means like spilling secrets of the show or like controversy that's been covered or stuff like that. But the ABC had to pay him off to, quote, not talk about the show. So I did read something about that. I have a feeling they forced him out and then they had to pay him a lot of money to shut the fuck up. So. Interesting. Crazy. I wish they would so he's me. not going to be a producer on the show anymore. He's completely leaving the franchise, question mark. Yeah, because when he I stepped so. down as host, it was just as host. And people were like, well, this isn't enough. He's still a producer on the show. He still makes money off of the show. Because the announcement about him not hosting for a while had already been made. But I think this was the permanent announcement that he has done with the franchise in general, even as a producer. The nation. Right. right. He's done with the nation of the the nation of bachelor. (laughs) Yeah, he's a he's an excommunicated. Oh yeah, I actually will agree that Sean was right about Chris Harrison, and it takes a lot for me to ever tell Sean that he's right about a lot. But it um, was Emily. Emily was right, not my Emily was right about Chris Harrison. Yeah, because Emily Krabben and I both trusted Chris Harrison, and yet somehow we started a podcast. (laughs) Strange. That's a lot. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, um. This would never happen on Survivor. That's that's the end note. It might. It might. Jeff Probst would that's just okay. hang off the different, side of the helicopter that the date was happening in. He would just stand on the ledge like he does <laughs> while they're in the helicopter. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm sorry if you're not a Survivor fan. <laughs> Some jokes may have been Because evidently this is becoming a Survivor stand podcast. I would literally pivot this show so fucking hard. I would do it so quick. Fully um, anyway. noted. Anyways, um, thank you for listening. Um, Emily will be back next week. Um, or if you prefer, neither of us will come back next week and Tara and Sean can just take it over. Uh, They pay much closer attention than we do. Anyways, thank you for listening. Please go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Um, And leave a good review. If it's mean, we will come for you. Can we say that? Like we have any authority to delete comments. We have absolutely no authority. Like if you leave a mean comment, it will be there, but just know that I I can, I will figure out what our feelings will be hurt. Absolutely. And we might harass you. And then go follow us on Instagram at don't insult my podcast. Sorry that we did not really post this last week. Emily and I are both in grad school and very tired and very busy, but we are back full steam ahead with some social media posts. So go follow us. And say goodnight, Sean. Say goodnight, Tara. Good night. <laughs>